reading of the hymn, Cheryl. That's actually my favorite hymn. And last time in my old youth group, they asked me, they wanted to do a trivia, the youth. So they asked me, uh, what's your favorite hymn? I said, I cannot tell. <laughs> they said, what do you mean you cannot tell? What's your favorite hymn? I said, I cannot tell. That's my favorite hymn. Well, I want to begin uh, this morning with this uh, simple uh, quiz or trivia. Who am I? Uh, if you know the answer, don't shout out. Or if you knew the answer from the reading, that's okay. But if you already heard before, please don't shout it out. Don't spoil the game, okay? I am your constant companion. So I am your greatest help or great uh, or the heaviest burden. I will and I am completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might just as well turn over to me, and I will do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men and women. And alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with the precision and repetition of a machine, plus the intelligence of a human. You, run, you may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? No? I'm habit. This, uh, over the next couple of weeks, in conjunction with the Mission Month, we want to do a short series uh, based on, oh, let me try this again, based on a book by Michael Frost called Surprise the World. Uh, the subtitle is The Five Habits of Highly Missional People. You can actually download this uh, book for free. So if you're familiar, just type in The Five Habits of Highly Missional People. You can get a PDF. Uh, version of it. I think probably it's a shorter version from The Surprise the World. Uh, Michael Frost is an evangelist, is a Baptist minister, uh, a missiologist living in Sydney. I think I heard him preach once in Federation Square back in uh, maybe 18 years ago. We want to touch on this topic in conjunction with the mission month called The Five Habits of Highly Missional People. You know, most of our habits as a Christians here, are internal in the sense of you come to church every Sunday, it's part of your worship and almost like part of your habit. Uh, you go to Bible study, you go to a, a prayer group and all that. It, it is all internal in a sense. But there are some habits that we can build into our life that is more outward focused. And so this short series is to help us to cultivate these five habits of anyone who is outward looking, missional people.
And uh, so, so as I said, this series will help us to be more outward focused and to how cultivate habits that propel us to be more missional in our approach. The mission is not just overseas, but here, but what are things that we can cultivate in our lives that can actually make us a bit more missional in a sense. Uh, we need to be a bit more intentional in lives. Uh, and, and so this is what we hope to do. And it comes from this simple uh, acronym called BELLS, B-E-L-L-S. And each week, we will focus on one letter of it to cultivate these habits, but not consecutively because we'll be overlapping with guest speaker in the month of May. It is based on these five words. Bless, eat, listen, learn, and send. Bells. B-E-L-L-S. And each one focus on the values that you can cultivate in your life. So if you choose to bless people, then you will cultivate a very generous spirit and outlook in life. If you learn to eat with people, you'll be uh, hospitable. And if you learn to listen to God, you'll be spirit-led. If you have this habit of learning, wanting to learn God's Word, then you become more and more Christ-like. And then finally, the last word is sent. You become more missional in your outlook as you live through your life. And so these are the five uh, habits that we hope that as a church, we all, each individual can cultivate that helps us as we live our daily life to be a little bit more up, uh, um, missional in a sense, that we will learn to be generous, hospitable, we are spirit-led, we become more Christ-like, and as such, we will become more missional. You know, we never grow closer to God when we just live life. It takes deliberate pursuit and attentiveness, intentional. Life has to be intentional about something and then you will be moving towards that direction. Cao uh, Jung used to say that it's, I think it is far more biblical to see action as a powerful expression of the person who makes the action. Cao uh, Jung used to say, you are what you do, not what you say you do. You are what you do and not what you say you do. So the first habit that today I will touch on, and then next week, uh, Pastor Caroline will touch on the word eat. It's quite an interesting topic. I don't know what she's going to... We've been struggling to come up with a closing song that deal with eat. Uh, because our closing song, we try to tie with a sermon in some sense. Uh, so I'll leave it to her creativity and to, to, to talk about that as well. Uh, so this morning, my topic is bless, uh, and we hope that this habit will help you to, to uh, cultivate the missionary approach. And the first one is bless, B, bless. And uh, Cheryl just read to us from Genesis chapter 12 about God calling Abraham to go out because God is going to create a nation, Israel. And in that chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, God made three promises Number one is that God will give them a people from there, people group, people, because now it's only Abraham. 
People, and then God also say, I'll make you a great nation. I'll give you land. People, land. And the third promise that God made to Abraham is that God is going to use the nation to be a blessing to the world. And that is what Genesis 12 says. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And you cannot deny the Jewish nation is tiny. I think I just checked yesterday, 15 million people worldwide. 0.2% of the world population is tiny, yet its contribution to humanity is astounding. Its footprints of blessings, innovation, and aid etch into the areas of humanity's greatest need. For example, I'll just give you some example. God has certainly made this, this promise to Abraham become a reality. The Nobel Foundation, uh, we all know Nobel Prize, they have given out 962 Nobel Prizes and at least 162 of the 962 awarded to Jews. And as I said, they were only 0.25% of the world population. Jews make up approximately 22% of all Nobel Prize winners. 22%. Literature, 13%. Chemistry, 19%. Physics, 27%. Economics, want to guess? 40, 40%. Medicine, 25%. And let me give to you some uh, famous Jewish people that has contributed to society. Albert Einstein is a physicist. Jonas Salt created first polio vaccine. Baruch Bloomberg developed the vaccine for hepatitis B. William Koff, sorry if I pronounce all his name in correctly, invented the kidney dialysis machine and he's known as the father of artificial organs. Galileo discovered the speed of light. Waxman discovered streptomycin and coined the word antibiotic. Gabriel Lippmann discovered photo, uh, color photography. Julius Mayer discovered law of thermodynamics. Sigmund Freud, father of psychotherapy. Isaac Singer, invented what? Your sewing machine. Every house has one. When I was young, that was my toy. Just paddling there, you know. Every wedding gift, your parents will give to the daughter uh, that um, sewing machine. That's right. Peter Schutt, opti optical fiber cable. Charles Adler. Traffic lights. Benno Strauss, stainless steel. Isdor Kish, sound movies. Charles Ginsburg, videotape recorder. And of course, with a name like Joseph Pulitzer. Established Pulitzer Prize for achievements in journalism, literature, music, and art and famous financiers in the business world who belong to Jewish faith include Ralph Lauren Polo, 
Levi Strauss, the jeans, Howard Schultz, Starbucks, Sergey Brin, Google, Michael Dell, Dell Computers, Larry Ellison, Oracle, Donna Karen, DKNY Fashion, Eric Robbins, Baskin and Robbins, and Bill Rosenberg, Dunkin' Donuts, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, and I think the latest guy who has been around, uh, I, I must have not updated, the latest one, ChatGPT, who is the founder of it? Samuel something, also a Jew. And the world record, world highest IQ, called William James Siders. He has an IQ of 250 to 300. Average people is only 85 to 115. And his IQ score is twice as high as Albert Einstein, a Jew as well. God has certainly used the nation of Israel to bless the world. The fulfilling what he said here in Genesis chapter 12. And in the New Testament, these are the words. Oh, I must have not have the words. Let me see. Oh. Oh dear. This must be the old slide. Never mind. Let me read to you 1 Peter chapter 5. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Oh, I like that. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak malicely against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Peter was writing to suffering Christian who is under persecution. And today, Christians use the word bless in variety of ways. Uh, in most respect, it means to confer prosperity or happiness upon another. And Michael Frost, uh, let me see whether I can, oh, what a shame. I might have saved the, the wrong version of this. Um, it says that the meaning of bless, he used this word, the meaning of bless, he says that is you add strength to one's arm. That's the meaning of bless. You add strength to one's arm. In this respect, to bless others is to build them up. To bless others is to fill them with encouragement for them. 
to increase in strength and prosperity. How do we add strength to another's arm? Anything that relieves their burden in life, anything that helps them breathe more easily, anything that lifts their spirit or elevates their distress, it can be small thing or large. You add values to people, not burden. Every day, live the intentional life of blessing others, lifting and giving strength to someone's arm. You know, the, when we think about that, the Old Testament came up, isn't it? When Moses was praying and Aaron was helping to hold up the, the, the arms as he, as he prayed, intercede in a sense. So, bless means add strength to one's arm. Benjamin Franklin said, No one is useless in this world who lightens the burden of someone else. And Albert Schweitzer, one of the great, brilliant men who gave it all up and became a missionary, he said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I know, the ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. Happiest people are not always most successful people, but there are many people who serve are very, very happy. Martin Luther King Jr. said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Everybody can go out there and bless, can put strength into somebody's arm. And if we have that missionary outlook of your life, every week you try to do something to someone, then you become more missionary in your approach, in your understanding. But there are some, what are some ways that we can do that? There was a book that came out a number of years ago, especially to encourage uh, couples. And it came out with this thing called Five Love Languages. Anybody read this book? Five Love Languages. I think it's by Gary Chapman. Five Love Languages. And he just said that we, learn, we must learn to speak the right language because each one of us, we are created and wired differently. We, I mean, if you keep speaking Hindi to me, I won't understand. But if you speak Mandarin to me or you speak the dialect Cantonese or Hokkien or English, I understand. But if you speak Hindi to me or you speak Afrikaans to me, I won't understand. And so he said, love also has different languages. And he came up with five that is quite universal in the sense. See, if, if you can speak people's love languages, then it, they feel love in the sense between couple. I always, when I first, when the book came, first came out, I like, but I, I don't quite like it, partly because I say, well, if your heart is not right, you can become very manipulative uh, by using this, become a skill of getting what you want, manipulative in the sense, because human heart sometimes can be evil. But if you use it in a good way, it is actually very good. And so let me just uh, see how much time I have as we plow through. Probably we will have enough time to go two or three, and then I'll wrap it up with an illustration as we conclude. The first one is uh, words of affirmation. Gary Chapman says that uh, one of the ways that you can bless people, one of the people's love language is words of affirmation. Words of affirmation are simply true statements affirming the worth of another person. It is not 
just trying to flatter someone. It is not. The motive is important that your purpose is to affirm, to build up, to encourage the person. Words of affirmation is one of the love languages. Words have power. Be careful with your words. Once they are spoken, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Words is very powerful. It can inspire, it can also destroy. Don't ever diminish the power of words. Words move hearts and hearts move limbs. Someone wrote this poem, say, only a word of anger. It's called only a word. Only a word of anger, but it wounded one's sensitive heart. Only a word of sharp reproach, but it made the teardrop start. Only a hasty, thoughtless word, sarcastic and unkind, but it darkened the day before so bright and left a sting behind. Only a word of kindness, but it lightened one heart of its grief. Only a word of sympathy, but it brought one's soul relief. Only a word of gentle cheer, but it flooded with radiant light. The pathway that seemed so dark before, and it made the day more bright. Words of affirmation. Ephesians says, do not let your unwholesome do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let your word benefit those who listen to your words. It doesn't mean to say that you can only say um, sweet things. Sometimes telling the truth is also part of loving and affirmation of the other person. So don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Proverbs 12 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. A tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Proverbs 15, 23, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. And Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Words of affirmation, it is a love languages, one of the love languages, and you can use it to bless people. It is the simplest and sometimes it is the hardest. You know, we are always very courteous to strangers. We are very nice to our friends. But many people are very nasty to those who are closest to them for some very strange reason. We are kind and courteous to strangers, nice to our friends, but very nasty to those who are closest to us. And especially with words. And so we need to learn to affirm people. We pray that we will be missioner out there to bless. Start with our loved ones. They are the ones that are closest to you. 
They are the ones that will look after you when you are unwell. They are not just coming to the hospital, give you a flower, give you a card, bye-bye, you know, see you for half an hour. They are the one that wakes up in the night, middle of the night, to help you and all that. I used to play badminton with with man. After he fell ill, then he recognized how beautiful his wife is. Because she looks after him in the middle of the night, having to get out of bed and all that. Hopefully we don't need to reach that state to recognize the beauty of our loved ones. There was a story written by Tom Long, who is a professor uh, uh, in one of the universities. He wrote in one of his books, and he retold the story of this lady called Mary Ann Bird, who has written a memoir called The Whisper Test. The Whisper Test. She had been born with several birth defects, a cleft palate, palate, a disfigured face, crooked nose, lopsided feet, and deafness in one ear. And the worst aspect of her childhood was what she had to put up with from the other kids. You can hear the teasing. School was for her a nightmare. Worst of all was the annual hearing test, when the teacher would call each child forward. The child covered one ear, and then the other and then the teacher would whisper a simple phrase like, the sky is blue, uh, or you have new shoes. And since she could not hear in one ear, Mary Ann did everything possible, including cheating, to get through the exam without drawing any further attention to her disability. She hated what she called the whisper test. But one year, her teacher was a lady by the name of Miss Leonard. And the day came for the dreaded hearing test. And Mary Ann came forward, cupped her ear. Miss Leonard leaned forward. And Mary Ann remembers. I waited for those words which God must have put in her mouth. Those seven words that changed my life. Miss Leonard did not say the sky is blue or you have new shoes. What she whispered, those seven words transformed her life, she said. And those seven words were, I wish you were my little girl. I wish you were my little girl. And Mary Ann said that transformed her life completely. Just one word of affirmation can change a person's life. If you have within our power to do that, Words of affirmation. Bless people with, with words of encouragement. Don't hold back. Don't flatter. Be genuine, real. Encourage. Your motivation is to build people up. Alright, I have probably another one. It's acts of service or acts of kindness. Acts of service or acts of kindness. is another of the love language that you can use it to bless people. An act of service is the physical expression of a thoughtful gesture. Acts of kindness literally add strength to one's arm. They lighten the recipient's load. So look for ways to perform an act of kindness for someone's 
life. You know the famous chapter in New Testament, the love chapter 1 Corinthians 13? Say love is patient, love is kind. Did you know the word kind simply means useful in the original Greek word? Useful. Love is kind. A kind person is disposed to be helpful. He seeks out needs and looks for opportunities to meet those needs without repayment. Love is kind. Love is conscious of using itself on others. That's the meaning of love is kind. It is conscious of using itself on others. Love is useful to other people. Acts of kindness, acts of service is another gift uh, uh, love languages. Whatever that may be. Sometimes you do kind gestures to unknown people. I tell one true story. When I, when I was in my old church or a youth pastor, one of my youth one day came to me and said to me, he was working part-time in Box Hill, and then he went out lunch with this girl. Not his girlfriend, just colleague. He went to this Vietnamese restaurant and they had lunch. And in that, on the table, they were just whinging about church, complaining about this, the pastor, this, that. You know, complain, complain, whinge, 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 whine. Uh, and it was a crowded restaurant. You know, the Asian restaurant is, you know, small and crowded. And he told me after their lunch, he went up to pay his bill. And the person at the counter said, someone already paid for you. And that person leaves you a note. And the note simply said, hello friend, I was beside you. I heard all your conversation. I'm sorry. But church is really not that bad. God is good. I hope you enjoy your lunch. I paid for you. He told me that he came back. That someone would did this gesture, but it etched on his mind. He remembers. He remembers. Anybody had this experience before? No? Anybody has someone paid your lunch before? Yes? Acts of service, acts of kindness that we can use to bless people. I don't have much, but I'm just going to tell you uh, one more gifts. Gifts is another form of love languages uh, mentioned by Gary Chapman. Uh, gifts. Just in case you don't know, for the Westerners, this is called red packet here. Yeah? Uh, it is it is part of our Asian culture. Asian don't usually buy gifts; they usually give money. Any occasion, your birthday, Christmas, Chinese New Year, when you're going for holidays, they give money. They put some money there and bless you and say, buy whatever you want. Because we, like my wedding, you know, I got three blender, you know. Uh, Chinese, we give money. Say, buy whatever you want. We are very pragmatic in the sense. Um, so uh, gifts, gifts is a, is a form of way. Some people, some people's their love languages is receiving gifts. Some people they don't like that, but some people receive gifts. And the next one is quality time. Fourth one, uh, quality time. Some people feel love when you spend quality time with them. 
You can buy them whatever gift they don't feel love. You can buy a new car for them, they don't feel love. But you spend good quality time with them, they feel love. So those are some of the ways that we can use to bless people. And the last one I didn't put up there is a physical touch. Some people feel love when you give them a touch in the sense, hey, how are you? Well, of course, in this modern age, we've got to be careful, uh, especially with young ones. We have to draw some boundary. But this, this book is written for the context of husband and wife. Some people feel love with some physical touch, a hug, a touch, a holding of the hands and all that. Uh, so those are the five love languages that I thought we can employ this to bless people out there. Let me uh, close off with uh, this. George Verver. How many know George Verver? He just passed away two days ago. Uh, I used to serve in OM for about three years in the 90s. And this guy, when he's around, you can't sleep. Maybe when I preach, you can fall asleep. But when he preach, you can't fall asleep. Because he's such, so energetic, you know, he's just full of fire. I remember when we had an OM camp uh, uh, from Singapore, we went to Malaysia for a camp, the uh, uh, OM camp, uh, and, uh, and he happened to be the guest speaker nearby there. And the first night is supposed to be a, a fun night, get to know you night. And then uh, he told the leaders, you know what, I will come over if you, if you change that night into a prayer meeting. Everybody say, oh, this is a trivia games night, man. And so he single-handedly came. We prayed for about five hours. He just stand there, give you prayer points, and everybody break into groups and pray. And he's just so passionate. And uh, he started uh, OM in 1961. That is about how many years? Almost 62 years ago, at the age of 23 years old. Uh, this man bring the gospel every part of the world and started this movement blessing the world but he passed away two days ago so may you uh, may you be missioner and the first habits that we want to cultivate is to bless would you do that this week would you make an effort to bless three people maybe this week it can be words of affirmation it can be acts of kindness you can just be writing a text. You can just remember someone's birthday. Uh, something. Would you do that? And make it a habit. It becomes a missionary habit that your outlook is to bless people out there. Let's pray for Dorothy. Uh, we just heard that she's in hospital. She has blessed me tremendously. No one sent me cards more than her. Yes? She writes me three cards every year. Easter, my birthday, Christmas. Without fail. What a lady. She has blessed so many people at this age uh, using whatever she can to be missionary in her approach. Heavenly Father, we just want to pray that you will watch over our dear sister Dorothy. Uh, she has been so dear to this community, a pillar for so many years even though I only know her in the last 10 years. He's been a blessing to me as a pastor. and uh, he, She encourages me constantly, all the time. And I'm so grateful that I have crossed her path. 
Will you please watch over her, Lord? And if so will, do extend her life that she can continue to be a wonderful blessing to those around her. Thank you, Lord, that, that uh, we want to be missionary in our approach in life. We want to let you use us to touch this world. Increasingly, the world, uh, uh, they, they can't challenge a life, kindness, and all that love. And so may we be a blessing to those around us and that they will, in turn, will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord, we bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me and...